Hello, this is Joan D. Martin, author of Crime and Punishment, Why the Poor Stay Poor in America. The title of today's post is Work Requirements for Food and Medicaid Benefits. Does it help or punish the poor? Earlier this week, Speaker of the U.S. House of Representatives Kevin McCarthy gave a speech at the New York Stock Exchange where he discussed, in incredibly vague terms, the Republican Party's proposal to raise the debt ceiling so our country doesn't default on its financial obligations. This proposal is conditioned with all sorts of budget cuts, including repealing parts of the Inflation Reduction Act, for example, that rescinds $80 million in IRS funding to target auditing of the wealthy and large corporations and certain green energy subsidies. It also imposes additional work requirements on those who are already qualified to receive public assistance. In this case, the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, SNAP, which was previously called food stamps, and Medicaid, which is health insurance for the poor. Here is an excerpt from Speaker McCarthy's speech where he discusses these additional work requirements. Note that the link goes to the Twitter page of the organization More Perfect Union, which just so happened started a new Substack newsletter uh, just very recently. Normally, I would have put the video clip directly in this post, but Twitter has blocked Substack users from this practice, which is very strange, if I may say so. Um, but I am quoting part of the excerpt here for emphasis. And this is Kevin McCarthy speaking at the New York Stock Exchange on April 17th, 2023. Quote, our proposal will restore work requirements that ensure able-bodied adults without dependents can earn a paycheck and learn new skills. Right now, there are more job openings than people looking for work. You know why? It is in part because the Biden administration weakened work requirements. End quote. There are a few specifics missing from this speech and this particular excerpt. Uh, for example, work requirements for what? Does Speaker McCarthy not want to be on record saying he's extending work requirements for those poor enough to qualify for subsidized health care and food? He also refers to this plan as restoring work requirements when there are already federal work requirements for the SNAP program. Able-bodied adults between the ages of 18 to 49 are required to work 20 hours per week or participate in a work training program to receive benefits for food. The Republican bill wants to close what it calls a loophole and extend the work requirements to age 65 instead of 49. On the other end of the age spectrum, some states like Iowa and Minnesota are dispensing with child labor laws and allowing children as young as 14 to work in meat packing plants and construction. 
Not only do they need employees from shortages remaining from the COVID shutdown, they can pay children less. According to this recent article from Business Insider, it's mostly children from low-income families who are hired when labor regulations are loosened and that the experience they get from those jobs is negligible. The article also noted research showing that adults would be willing to take these jobs with higher wages and better benefits. Better to break the backs of children than spend a bit more to ensure able-bodied adults make a living wage. It appears that the system is regressing, moving back to working us from the cradle to the grave, and the only ones who are benefiting are the business owners, not the workers. Sound familiar? Here are a few more facts that help rebut Speaker McCarthy's claim that the law should restore work requirements for the poor to receive a helping hand. According to the Kaiser Family Foundation 2019 data, approximately 63% of all adult Medicaid recipients are already working full or part-time. The Biden administration did eliminate work requirements for Medicaid recipients only because their philosophy, particularly after passage of the Affordable Care Act, which expanded the Medicaid program, is that Medicaid does not fall under the welfare category, even though it is designed specifically for the poor. It is simply health insurance that we are all entitled to, regardless of income. And I've included a, um, a chart from the Kaiser Family Foundation that um, shows how uh, the work requirements are separated and um, the reasons why, um, or they call it barriers, to work among otherwise able-bodied and non-elderly adults, which is pretty interesting how it breaks down. But what work requirements to receive food, health insurance, and housing aid really do is kick otherwise eligible people out of these programs. For example, Arkansas adopted work requirements for Medicaid in 2018 when the state obtained a waiver from the Trump administration. And more, and this is a quote, uh, more than 18,000 people, nearly one in four, who were subjected to the new rules, lost their coverage in the policy's first seven months. It's not just looking for work. It is documenting that you have searched for work, what the results are, and then somehow getting that information to the state agency. But that is just the beginning. State and local government employees can and often seem to do mysterious things with your information, including losing it, not logging it incorrectly, or misinterpreting it, possibly leaving the applicant without benefits for months. The Center on Budget and Policy Priorities published information just last month that explains exactly why work requirements amount to an unnecessary burden for those in basic need of necessities. And this is a quote. 
Uh, justifications for work requirements rest on the false assumptions that people who receive benefits do not work and must be compelled to do so. These assumptions are rooted in stereotypes based on race, gender, disability status, and class. They ignore the realities of the low-paid labor market, the lack of child care and paid sick and family leave, how uh, disability issues and the need to care for family members affect people's lives, and the ongoing labor market discrimination. End quote. Finally, there is the archaic phrase able-bodied that still is bandied about in 2023 despite its implied disregard for the nuances of medicine and advancements in the science of mental health that we understand today. A New York Times opinion piece written in 2018, just as the Trump administration was readying to allow Medicaid work requirements discusses how this term has been used for separating the poor into deserving and undeserving, worthy of government help or not so much. For over 400 years, dating back to England's 1601 Poor Law, how can we possibly move forward as a society when we cling to antiquated notions and myths? about how we should treat our most vulnerable citizens. We can't. What do you think about these recycled proposals for work requirements to receive health insurance and food? Please share your thoughts in the comment section below. As always, I appreciate your interest and thoughtful ideas that make our crime and punishment community a welcoming space to visit and chat. There's no time like the present to become a free or paid subscriber. And there's no time like the new year, And but we're getting a little far into the new year to keep saying this, to upgrade your free subscription to paid. It's easy and will allow me to continue and expand crime and punishment. Thanks so much in advance for your support. Remember, Crime and Punishment, Why the Poor Stay Poor in America is a reader-supported publication. To receive new posts and support my work, consider becoming a free or paid subscriber. As always, thanks for reading and listening. This is Joan D. Martin for Crime and Punishment, Why the Poor Stay Poor in America. Thanks.